0: Matt Schauf, Alex Korf, and Jared Smola of DraftSharks.com here to talk about a subject that a lot of fantasy players really think about the wrong way, and that's fantasy football injuries, and I don't mean texting thumb. Everyone has players they view as injury-prone, and there are guys every year that are more likely to get hurt than others, but when most people say injury-prone, they just mean a guy that has been hurt recently. Um, if you broke your left fibula two years ago, and then you tore a shoulder labrum last year, you're not injury prone, you're unlucky. So that's why we have the draft sharks injury guide with the injury predictor to point out the players that are true injury risks heading into the season guys that maybe should make you adjust your draft strategy, or at least get some insurance behind them. Alex, can you give us some of the basics on how this injury predictor does its work?
1: Sure. So it's it's really a series of three different models uh, based on first 20 years of NFL data. And that's looking at over one hundred and forty five thousand player games. Uh, That's it's just a lot of data. On top of that, seventy six hundred NFL injuries are tracked in our database. Uh, It's the most exhaustive NFL database in existence uh, because we just spent a lot of time and effort putting these in. From there, we can look at a thousand and seventy different seasonal variables, things like uh, collisions, the height and weight of the player, the age of the player, uh, all of those things to look and, and fit those with 191 different injury types. All of those fit together. We look at which things are the most sticky, how they work, and it goes through that series of, of different models to kind of predict based on future projection of what we think players are going to do, their likelihood of being injured, uh, what their risk factor is, and then how many games they're going to miss with those as well.
0: And of course, when you say exhaustive, it means there's a lot of stuff in there. We hit on basically everything we possibly can. And sticky is what actually means something from one year to the next. So we're looking at what matters. We're not just throwing everything in there and then guessing on that, right?
1: No, definitely not. Like uh, Burrow had what his appendix out that really had nothing to do with anything, right? That's just a weird injury. But if you don't account for that, it's he's not injury prone because of that. Uh, you have to know which ones matter, which ones correlate to future potentially uh, injuries.
0: And the way it spits out the results is a few different categories. Probability of injury in the season is probably the main one. Then we've got projected games missed. We've got durability. Now, Jared, for me, prob- probability of injury in the season is a number that for a lot of people, it's gonna it's gonna give a percentage where you're like, oh crap, I really need to worry about this guy. It's important to understand that that means the probability that they're going to miss at least two quarters of action. Now, a lot of players miss that amount of time during the season. So if you look through and you're like, no way are all of these guys that likely to get injured? Yeah, they are. It's not it's not saying that all these guys are going to miss eight games or tear an ACL. It's saying they're probably
2: going to miss some time. Yeah, it's a good reality check to remind yourself how often guys get hurt, right? Especially now, like the, it's been, you know, six months since we've seen um, NFL football. So you can kind of forget how, how prevalent injuries can be. So it's good, good reality check. It's also interesting too, to me that the probability of injury and projected games missed, it's not a, it's not a one for one relationship. You'll see some guys with a higher probability and a lower projected games missed, and vice versa. So it's interesting to have, you know, two different, um, you know, data points to to kind of consider as you're um, going through drafts, going through waiver lawyers, going through trades, whatever it might be. Yeah. And Alex, I think
0: that's probably something that might confuse people a little bit. If if one guy has a higher injury probability, but another guy has much higher projected games missed, what's kind of feeding those two things that would make that difference?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of the time it's the type of injury that it's kind of projecting them to have. Uh, If you, I don't know, just get a Charlie horse or whatever, you might miss a quarter that happens a lot, right? Running backs are going to get kneed in the, in the quad or something, and it, it hurts. And then you get back in there. Uh, those type of injuries in particular for uh, people that <laughs> get hit a lot, that you'll see very high injury probability, but maybe not a lot of games missed. Uh, whereas if we go in the other way, then maybe it's more games missed but less likelihood of it occurring
0: i have to say that the charlie horse injury being the first one to pop into your head signals you just (laughs) having charlie jones on the mind your favorite bengals rookie um it's definitely interesting to look at those two categories next to each other durability is the last one that we're really going to talk about a bit today and we're going to get to some specific players here in a minute it's not just you know uh, this is how it works podcast durability is interesting because it speaks to the way a player plays through the minor stuff, right? Alex, if you see a guy that has a high injury probability, he might even have a relatively high number of projected games missed, but also high durability. It doesn't seem to make sense. But the way I'm reading that is he's good at playing through injuries when he's active for the
1: game, right? Yeah. So we we have kind of baseline games missed quarters missed for each injury, just based on 20 years of data, 7,600 plus injuries. Uh, and if a player is doing better than the average, significantly better, a lot of the time their durability can be a little bit higher. Uh, it goes up to a max of five. It's the scale of zero to five. I don't know anyone that has a zero, but there's some players pretty low uh, that, that seem to get uh, nicked up a lot and then stay out. Uh, one of the numbers that you don't see, but is kind of correlated to that, is susceptibility, where how susceptible players are to injury, how often they are getting injured per game, per, per season, per career
0: and because I know people are wondering this out there right now, Evan Ingram is not a zero in durability is higher than that, but there is a quite a range and you'll see all of them on the injury predictor site that I had up our injury predictor page. Sorry. That's within draft sharks.com. You'll see the different durabilities for the players as well as the other categories that I talked about. So now let's get to some specific players, Jared. And I think it's interesting to start at quarterback because a lot of times quarterbacks are relatively low in injury probability versus the other positions. They don't, carry the ball as much. You think they get hit a lot, but you know, they, they stay fairly healthy relative to the other positions. But that said Justin Fields is way up there with an 89% injury probability this year, highest among starting quarterbacks.
2: Yeah. 2.5 projected games missed for Justin Fields. And by the way, you will see those projected games missed baked right into our projections. You know, we, we used a number that the sports injury predictor algorithm gives us in our projections a high number for fields i think you alluded to it though matt these these rushing quarterbacks are going to see their injury probabilities and their projected games missed be higher than the pocket guys now the one exception interestingly is josh allen who we project for just half a game missed this season but again justin fields two and a half games projected missed jalen hurts 2.1 lamar jackson 2.2 daniel jones you know a running quarterback 2.5 projected games missed. so it just kind of comes with the territory i mean you know we we like these running quarterbacks we know they're super valuable in fantasy but they are generally going to be higher injury risks than the guys who aren't you know taking off and taking those extra hits
0: and beyond Justin Fields and running quarterbacks, that's just a good note to take into account. Of course, we look at injury history for a player and the types of injuries that a guy has suffered, but the more you run with the ball, the more likely you are to get hurt. Even if you have not been hurt to this point, it's just more hits. You're more likely to get that unlucky shot that knocks you out. So Justin Fields high among starting quarterbacks, not really shocking to Tonga tongue is the only one that's even close to him. Two and a half projected missed games for Justin Fields. We'll go back over to the page to just kind of show a little bit what that looks like. When we sort by the injury probability, Justin Fields sitting there second at 89%. Two and a half projected games missed in the second column. Probability of injury per game, basically just the overall probability divided by the number of games. And then we see that durability I was talking about. 5.0. Uh, Alex, we don't have a whole lot of NFL data on Justin Fields yet. He's still early in his career, but he's done well at playing through issues when he has been in the game. And that's what that's indicating.
1: Yeah. It it shows that, I mean, even you can, you can look at his show history and see some of his injuries that like he, he didn't, they weren't insane. Uh, He, it's not like he stayed out just to stay out. Uh, They, I mean, a lot of them were even happening before he got to the NFL. If you look at him because we're we're degenerates and we go all the way back into I've seen some from high school injuries you guys dig up and add to that system there's I mean he has a lot of them but a lot of it is also just a relatively short career and they've kind of piled up yeah good reminder to you kids out
0: there everything that you do now lives online so we'll find it (laughs) over to running back now Jared we got Miles Sanders that might surprise some people it it might not though because back with the Eagles he got the injury prone label can't stay on the field kind of label his injury probability 77 percent. so that's not enormous among running backs, 20th among running backs. There are seven to eight other lead backs ahead of him, depending on how you want to define lead backs. But he's a little higher on the projected games missed scale.
2: Yeah, 3.4 projected games missed for Sanders. And why he's interesting to me is because even I've had trouble sorting through these like round five or, or six running backs, right? You know, Miles Sanders, Alexander Madison, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, they all I think look like good volume bets and, you know, Sanders in particular, really the contract he signed with Carolina, I think makes him a safe bet for volume, but, you know, trying to sort through these guys, you know, someone like Sanders, among those round five, six, seven running backs, Sanders has the second highest projected games missed, behind only, you know, no surprise James Conner, who comes in a bit higher than him, but I mean, that, that's kind of a, if you're, you know, deciding between two of these, you know, closely ranked running backs, uh, maybe you use you, you, Sanders projected games miss as a tiebreaker against him.
0: Yeah. And it's important to think about how we look at these just because he's high on that projected games miss doesn't mean we're saying don't take Miles Sanders because these are just projections. I mean, he could miss zero games. He could not get hurt at all. But not only do we have some injury history here, and I'll share that screen again because we have all the injuries behind him, and it has been a lot of lower body injuries with Miles Sanders, but another key change for him this year is going to Carolina, we've got him projected for a lot more work than he has typically gotten in an Eagle season. Some of that was missed games, but another part of that is just what the backfield looks like. He's got the Carolina backfield much closer to being his to own than he did in Philly, where he spent a lot of his time being part of a committee.
2: Yeah, for sure. And Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, projected touches in the coming season is a pretty important variable in these you know um, injury predictions, right?
1: yeah absolutely so it kind of determines their susceptibility based on their past the fact that you we have now increased his workload by at what 20 percent, 15 percent, something going from splitting it to not means that that's probably maybe over projecting his his injury risk because it was fit to not a part-time role because he was still but i mean a more part-time role than what we're expecting now so it'll be interesting to see if he kind of bucks that trend and it, it doesn't work
2: that's always the tricky part um especially with his running backs like we want Guys are going to get a bunch of touches because, you know, that's what correlates to fantasy production. But more touches also means more injury risk. So it's, it's, it's tricky. It's also
0: worth noting that Sanders is going a little bit later than a typical, you know, workhorse level running back. And we can argue about what exactly that means. But if he were going in round two or three, I think it would be a little bit more worrisome than if he's going in round six or seven wide receiver. Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill were definitely two names that surprised me when I looked at our injury projections. 86% injury probability for Jamar Chase, 91% for Tyreek Hill. That ranks 13th and 7th, respectively, among all wide receivers. Jared, are you worried about these guys after seeing that in a way that you weren't before, or is there still room to overlook those?
2: Yeah, it's interesting because I think one of the biggest arguments for taking wide receivers in the first round and even early on in drafts is you know, people say they're they're less injury prone, they're lower injury risks than running backs. And I think in general, that is true. But in these two specific cases, I mean, if you look at players with round one ADPs right now, Chase and and, and Hill have the tied for the second most projected games missed. Christian McCaffrey comes in as the top with three point zero projected games missed. But then it's Chase Hill. Saquon Barkley, B. John Robinson, and Jonathan Taylor all tied with 2.4 projected games missed. So, um, the, the you know safety argument doesn't really work in favor of Chase and Hill. Now, the other thing I'd say is that again, we have baked these projected games missed into our projections, and Jamar Chase still comes in as the number two overall player in PPR. Tyreek Hill still comes in as the number three overall player in PPR. So, I, I'm still, you know, I'm still taking those guys there.
0: It's also worth noting that those 2.4 projected games missed for each of those players ties them for 42nd, among, I'm sorry, 43rd. There are 42 wide receivers that have more projected games missed. So, you know, a lot of those are down the roster, late in draft types, but there are obviously plenty other starters ahead of them in that particular category as well. Alex, did anything about the injury profile of Chase and or Hill surprise you?
1: Yeah, I, they came out a little higher than I anticipated uh, when, I, when we were looking at everything early. Uh, I expect a lot of it's related to the injuries that they have had. We're looking at some lower body stuff for both of them, which is, I mean, Chase's was a unique one last year where it was his his hip, hip fracture. Yeah. So that might be leading to projecting it this year. I, I would say if they both stay healthy this year, I, I would see those numbers go down next year more than like, but I mean, they've all missed a couple of quarters every year. That's just kind of the name of the game. And hopefully it, that's, that's hopefully all that's going to happen. And let's hope that Jamar Chase was working out with Shakira
0: this off season to get his hips in order. We'll move on to tight end. And George Kittle is probably a name that people are not surprised to hear because he's one of those guys that you might look at as injury prone. 89% injury probability for him, Jared. So if you are expecting to see him high, it came out that way. Only Taysom Hill and Pat Fryermuth have higher injury probabilities than George Kittle. Taysom Hill, at least in part, because of the projected carries for him. George Kittle, though... Easily ahead of Pat Friermuth in projected games missed 3.4, which is a full game ahead of Friermuth. Second highest at the position behind only Zach Ertz, who of course is coming off an ACL tear. So you would expect Zach Ertz to rank high in that projected games missed category. What's this mean for George Kittle?
2: Well, I've been calling Kittle overvalued all, all offseason. And you know it, b- before the 2023 injury predictions came out, I had kind of been using injury history as an argument against Kittle. Nice to see the numbers actually come out and kind of confirm that he is, you know, a higher injury risk than average among tight ends.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I talked about guys that have just been unlucky lately. He's missed five games over the past two years. Just one of George Kittle's six seasons has included no missed time. He's missed multiple games in each of the past four. And that injury history is a lot of lower body stuff. A groin strain last year, knee and calf in 2021, foot fracture, knee sprain in 2020, a hamstring in August of that year, knee in 2019, ankle and hamstring in 2018. And, you know, if you want to know this injury history on any of the players, type in the player name type in injury history into Google, you're likely to come up with these injury predictor pages showing that full history. And those types of injuries matter. Now, we've talked plenty of negative about George Kittle. And I think part of the reason that you do weigh this stuff in heavily is that he's going high among tight ends, tight end four and ADP in most places. One positive, he is still fairly high in the durability rating 4.56, not quite at the top, which is 5.0. But George Kittle does at least play through injuries when he's on the field. We've heard Kyle Shanahan talk about that at times. He's like, I can't let him practice because he doesn't know how to throttle it down. So sometimes you have to just sit him just f- to save him from himself. So we can at least say that if George Kittle's active, you should probably go ahead and start him.
2: Yes. But if that's your best argument for a player, then, you know, don't draft him in round five. <laughs> that's right
0: the injury predictor is a subscriber feature on draftsharks.com if you're not yet subscribed for some reason you can head over you can preview a couple of the pages to see which players beyond the guys that we named present the most risk for 2023 as a ds insider though you will not only have full access to the injury predictor stuff you're also going to see those player injury risks in your draft war room when you go to draft it's listed right next to any player That you're considering drafting. Yes, that includes defensive players such as TJ Watt on the sample draft war room that I have on the screen right now. So, you know, again, it's not something where you say if this guy's at 70% and this guy's at 30%, then you skip the 70% guy, but you can use it to break ties. You can use it to draft insurance behind guys that are more likely to get injured in season. It's just another data point for you to consider as you're drafting. And, you know, frankly, it's already August. So your drafts are fast approaching. It's time to jump in and become a DS insider. We look forward to seeing you.